0: This isn't about movies, and I don't think we should talk about it on the show, obviously, um, but did you hear who's headlining Super Bowl 50? Uh, George Miller? Coldplay. What? Yeah. Oh, boy, that'll get everyone pumped. Should put Tobey Maguire up on stage from any Spider-Man <laughs> movie.
1: <laughs> Raindrops drops keep falling my- apart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking During the Movie, the show where two jackoffs talk about new movies and movie news. I'm James, and I'm Mike. And this is episode 27, "The Land Before Mike and James 11 of Invasion of the Tiny Sources. You did it. I know I, I, I kind of fucked up there, but it's okay. No, uh, Sorry, right. I, I think they kind of fucked up when they wrote the title. So. <laughs> I, the, uh, for those of our uh, audience who don't who do not know uh, i just learned this about uh, 30 seconds before saying this now <laughs> the land before time has 14 movies in it there there are 13 sequels to the land before time
2: yeah
0: jim and- did you when did you um when did what did you check out of that series when did i when did I check
1: into that? Maybe, maybe like one and a half. Really, I think I checked okay. out. All right, because I distinctly remember going up to uh, number nine. Wow. <laughs> Which is apparently called Journey to Big Water. Yeah, yeah, they really did. They they did Journey to Big Water, and it was boring. It was boring. Oh. So, you know, I I I just you know that was really where the series started going downhill. That was that was really the beginning. Oh. No, 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 this is garbage. <laughs> All of them of course, are garbage.
0: Oh man, I am glad to be back. We mm-hmm. took a Thanksgiving off, so sue us. Um
1: Oh yeah, yeah, we, sorry. I I didn't really uh I didn't really consider that, especially because of how much, you know, we get paid for this, that uh we should probably keep doing it over the fucking holidays. Seriously?
0: Yeah, we're really really slacking. Um <laughs> No, so but uh, a lot of stuff happened over over that time though, and we're still gonna yeah. talk about it. And today we are gonna review three movies. Uh, we're dreaming big,
1: we're making dreaming... up the last time. I mean, you know, that's kind of been our thing lately. Hopefully, we can just <laughs> keep with this schedule from now on. Do one or two movies a week. Do it every Thursday. Bring in, bring in some you know old favorites or old hatreds.
0: I yeah, guess. the one thing about the one thing about awards season is that it really soaks up the runtime of a of a podcast episode. It's true.
1: It's true. I've been like, I, I you know what? I have not. I think I, I, I may have made this proclamation on the podcast before. I have not actually, uh, canceled my uh, movie pass subscription yet. I don't think I can actually do it until at least the new year because yeah, um, because then
0: there's going to be just movies you don't really want to see
1: too much shit. And then yeah, so I, I, it's unavoidable right now. I have to, I have to keep it.
0: Yeah. It's true. Um, we're going to review Creed, mm-hmm. The Good Dinosaur, and Brooklyn. Um, yeah. Actually, I think all three of these movies are going to have at least some play come award season. So, well, come, we're in award season. So uh, they it's are possible. all going to be relevant, and uh, it's going to be exciting to talk about. Can you actually talk about each
1: one of them also in relation with the category that we'll think they'll get the most precedence in? Yeah. Because, because, because not only will they all get – Will they all, I think, be in play for awards season? They're all, they all have very distinctive categories where they will be, if not the favorites, at least strong in the conversation.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, man, I don't know. Um, no, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Um, for now, though, we have to, I guess, apologize for a review that we did on the show. Yeah,
1: not... so, I mean, so, James, we're in the game of criticism, right? Mm-hmm. And. In the game of criticism, there aren't really right or wrong answers. You, you know, develop a point of view. You you, you you see something, first of all. You you go to a movie, you see it, you take it in, you you develop a point of view and a, uh, a perspective on the movie uh, from what you experienced, and you try your best to convey it to a person who hasn't seen it yet. Um, that's what criticism is. There's not really any room for wrong answers. And uh, as long as you can justify your position, you've done your job fairly well. Mm-hmm. That is until Sight and Sound magazine completely shuts you down and makes your opinion null and void, as they have done uh, with our take on The Assassin uh, by uh, famed Taiwanese director Hao Shao Shen, which has topped the magazine's annual poll of the best films of the year, of 2015 specifically.
0: Uh, so I mean we were we wrong I think we were I think we're I think we're on the wrong side of history is that I that's
1: that's essentially what it's looking like um thing about the Sight and sound poll is as I explained to James we've both made fun of Sight and sound in the past but the like I I'm an avid reader of Sight and sound I I actually really respect the magazine it's probably the most respected film periodical in the world at least in the conversation up there with like kaiju cinema and film comment. one of the best um and sometimes and, when we make fun of them it's the
0: voice of one critic.
1: Yeah, sure. And there there are some lofty bastards who write for sight and sound. Like really, and I I'm kind of regretting saying this because it probably uh you know immediately prevents me from ever hoping to get a job there. Um <laughs> but there I mean there 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 is some there is some like like highbrow criticism going on there like with with zero self awareness and, and and it's it's very select writers in particular um but I, so we've made a, we've made fun of that kind of voice before and uh but I do remember distinctly James after the assassin you know we were both kind of like trying to wrap our heads around you know how this was acclaimed what what what, what the schism was between like what we experienced and what you know the Oh, the higher echelons of film criticism. Experience I'm still shaking criticism. my head. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and we specifically said, I, I, one of us made the joke that was like, "I bet you Sight and Sound loves this movie." Oh yeah, <laughs> we did say that. Oh my god, we did specifically say that. Um, and they do. <laughs> um, however, I, the thing is, and and I told you this right when I sent you the list because I I kind of found it by accident. Sight and Sound's list is decidedly democratic. It doesn't. It's not one person creating the list like you get at most publications or even like uh, the you know the, the editorial staff. You know, it's not. It's not it's just people working at the magazine. They poll critics from all over the world. There was over and actually there were quite a few polled for this one. I believe it was a hundred. Yeah, one hundred and sixty-eight critics were polled for this list, which is about fifty more than were polled last year this was a democratic vote that selected the assassin as the grace film of the year. So to me, that just kind of makes me want to reassess why I feel the way I do, what I'm missing that other people are experiencing. And if I give it another chance or view it through a different lens, I can maybe glean some more value from this movie than I got the first time. And honestly, I still, I, I hope that's, I hope that's true. I hope I can. I,
0: we did. We did sincerely come forward on this podcast and say we like. Yeah, we weren't shutting it down by any means. I was because... very open. You know, if you, if you see, still open, we didn't get any any any. Uh, I still Any think... people come forward, but if you saw something in this movie that we didn't,
1: please just let us know. Like, tell us about it because. And the thing is, there's like moments of like real, like you know, painterly majesty to it. Um, you know, there are beautiful shots. But i don't judge a movie just from its shots like i don't particularly just one or two that really come off great to me like i i don't that, that that's not gonna make a movie I, I don't know i i can't really give any more you know real criticism on these sets. and honestly i feel like we dropped the ball on it but i'm like not gonna back down from my view until i really have a different experience with this movie
0: the, the important thing to know about this this list too is that it this isn't a majority of voters is a plurality, you know. So it's the most sure. voters, and honestly, it's sure. not even it, it's not even more that much more than second and third. I think it's three more votes than no. second place, which yeah. is Carol, and
1: five more votes than Mad Max Fury Road, which was third. Which yes, so we wanted to talk about that as well, um, because last year um boyhood was the runaway winner of that poll like easily and <clears throat> funny thing what the funny thing is it got it got double the votes of the next film down on the list um it was it was a landslide and the thing is this this year doesn't have anything like that the top three like there's there's a very distinctive top three number four is like kind of farther se- you know separated from them but if you look at the breakdown on site and sounds website uh, like th- the three bubbles of the assassin, Carol, and Mad Max Fury Road very close to one. Like they're they're orbiting one another. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, uh, I think Mad Max Fury Road. We we talked about that. We've talked about this
0: before on the podcast. Um, that it, it, what role Mad Max Fury Road was going to play in awards season. Sure. Um, and it's being high on this list was definitely, I I would say a pleasant surprise because we we were sort of pessimistic on its. On, it, on its uh, prospects I'm, I'm because actually, it being a cool. genre film because of it, it being a blockbuster yeah um yeah often
1: categories that awards and oscars especially stay away from yeah i'm still very pessimistic about its awards prospects um while i fully believe mad max deserves to be in the conversation i, I think that there's still a very good chance it's going to be completely lost on on the academy um like How the Oscar, how the Academy decides to go on this year's nominees will really kind of dictate how relevant they are. I I truly believe that. Because this is a year where, and we talked about this in the pre show, James, where the films that are typically comfortable fare for Academy voters to congratulate and to honor are really, for the most part, not like that they're really not connecting with people in the way that I I think genre films are. This is not a year of great prestige pictures. I do think that this has been like a year of really great movies, but Mm -hmm. a lot of them have come from unexpected, you know venues production companies and like source materials and genres like it, it is like it has been a weird year for great movies
0: like yeah i mean well we two of them we know about mad max Fury road we already talked about the martian which
1: is it's getting it's, some <laughs> pretty good early awards praise the already it's a unique hybrid where i still kind of consider it a prestige picture but it's clearly genre also um yeah and
0: then and then the one that's coming out this this in the next two weeks, I think um, that's going to be a big wild card. Is, is Star Wars: Force Awakens, depending yeah. on how good it is. Yeah, um, and we th- are we are talking about this this idea of the Academy being irrelevant. And yeah, um, last year especially, the I think there there was a story about how the the big the two major awards films, and I mean even I think combined all the all the films nominated for best picture took up a very small portion it, maybe not even a percent of the box office for the year so um oh yeah and th- i mean with with last year though i didn't i sort of read stories like that and i rolled my eyes because i'm sorry the gardens of the galaxy didn't get nominated oh I my god yeah. but, you know
1: it's like i don't i'm sorry let me play my fucking marble violin for you Like
0: really <laughs> Like exactly, that's a, like that was one of the highest-grossing films of the year. I think the third, yeah, second maybe. And and people are like, oh, I got no. More. It's like well, that. One, it honestly didn't deserve it. Whereas like this year is very unique in that I think these these awards, sorry, these uh, prestige non-prestige genre films are really deserving. They're they're setting themselves out from the pack. So. Um, And if the Academy ignores these films, of all genre films to ignore, then it it will raise, in my mind, some serious questions. For one of the first times, I think these questions are actually
1: serious. I feel like the movies that are trying to go for Oscar gold, the ones that are really obviously like, you know, look at me, Academy... Are either really trite or they seem so because I haven't seen them, <laughs> which is like, a, like well I can't. A understand. lot of them,
0: even when let's take one we have seen and just completely fizzling out is Steve Jobs. Uh, oh my god! After theme. after like a week in the theater, it got pulled from like everywhere because I, it was it was cheaper for them to just cut their losses basically because no one was seeing the movie.
1: Yeah, that movie is dead. That movie is gone. It, it is in the ether, and I cannot i can't really explain it like that movie did not i know you weren't that hot on it and honestly i, I had my reservations um i i do not think that movie deserved half as much um shutting out as uh, like as it ultimately like that movie is now in exile and that's, no, yeah, it's. I don't think it's playing anywhere. That's and, crazy. There wasn't nearly that amount of, like, you know, a, a financial backlash, at least, for fucking Jobs, like the first Jobs movie. And that deserved it so much more. Oh, yeah. That's that's no, insane. It, it is more of an anomaly, but it
0: still ex- exemplifies the point that these these normal Oscar films are just, they're
1: not cutting it for the audiences, um, no, I, yeah, the, or, like, or, or you have, like, the really, you know, the ones that, you know, Harvey Weinstein is making a whole, like, you know, a whole stink about, like, Chef, which I'm, like, no, <sighs> no, no, not Chef, Burnt. Oh, Burnt! What? Chef is, oh, sorry, Chef's the, Chef. Chef was
0: 2014. That was actually a good, that was also, actually a
1: good movie.
0: <laughs> that's right here, you know, I did see, like, I did see like the first I think ten minutes of it, and I was so surprised at how they how how long they lingered on making
1: food. I was oh, like, "That movie get somewhere." No, that movie makes me so goddamn hungry. I... <laughs> no,
0: I know that's good that, and that's fine, but I just I felt like I was watching an episode of like diners, Dine, Dive, drive-ins, and dives or something.
1: Eh, I like I like the fact that that movie doesn't like feel the need to introduce a stupid like you know protagonist or like rival. You know, chef that he has to beat in a competition or some stupid bullshit like that. I don't know. I...
0: I mean, but why couldn't the main character have like a mafia subplot or something like in Burnt? I think that would have
1: made it so much yeah. better. Right, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so like stupid shit like that, that's just not like that, that, that shit is not connecting with anyone. I honestly think, like, you know, we, we talked about this, you, you, you made this case, I'm going to second you on this. I, it, the Academy will either have to embrace genre films, or at least unconventionally, you know, great movies this year, or they're gonna... Uh, it's gonna be a really forgettable year the Oscars. They're gonna be, like, completely out of touch, and... They're gonna, they're gonna be a joke, to be they're honest. People... Joke, and they're not gonna be... Like, the, the best picture's not gonna be remembered. Like, that. that's... I, those are the only two ways about it. So, sort of
0: moving on, I guess. Um, one... one... One of these films, Mad Max: Fury Road, is is already getting some awards attention, albeit not very valuable awards. Oh. <laughs> uh, the The National Board of Review um, named Mad Max: Fury Road is the best film of the year, and you know officially made, makes makes uh, Mad Max: Fury Road second on the well third, I guess, um, on the, be- the best picture for Metacritic Awards scorecard for this year, for now, very early, and as I told Mike in the pre-show, the National Board Review last year named uh, A Most Violent Year, it's it's best film uh, of the year, uh, directed by J.C. Chander, starring Oscar Isaac, actually great film, but
1: yeah, after respected. being
0: named best film in, in the um, National Board Review, it got zero Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. At zero, that's goose egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is <laughs> so not a, not an indicator uh, by any means of it, but good for you. Yeah. yeah n- nice try. Um, I don't I don't see this as that surprising. A lot of people are. I don't I don't really see this as that as a big as a big shock to be quite honest, just because. It is. It is a good film that is getting mile awards attention, and this isn't. Uh, this isn't. I don't see it as a shock because this particular awards isn't aren't a very big deal. I don't know. That that did get me thinking though. Uh, inspiration for this for this next segment we're about to do about. Just these early awards this early award season there's been like four different awards that have either been nominated or uh, winners have been announced just some early surprises from it uh I have a couple i don't know if you, if you were had enough time to really uh dig into it um
1: not a lot but I have a couple i would I'd love to bring up and just discuss um are we gonna do the um national um a- anything's on the table so. anything's on the table all right um Let's do New York. The New York. Film oh, the Critics New York Circle. Film
0: Critic. Oh, I, I would love to do one because the uh, Kristen Stewart Best Supporting Actress was
1: one of my surprises for this one. Yeah, I, York- a, a role that has been getting. I mean, it's gotten buzzed since she was the became the first uh, American actress to win the caesar award which is the oh yeah, yeah. that's the french oscars. best actress basically yeah <laughs> yeah it's their oscars and uh, uh you know kind of like the academy here uh it really goes to you know national actresses national like national films get awarded way more than foreign films um so the fact that chris is a foreign actress to them uh won that award was a huge deal um and, and I was really surprised, too, because I, I really thought that everyone would forget about Klaus of Sils Maria. Because <laughs> I had, to be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, I had to kind of... I And I really don't, like, feel the need to go to bat for it right now that I remember it. Um, Which, is that bad for me to say? I kind of, like, feel... No, no, I don't really... I kind of feel guilty about it, but... I remember when we reviewed it, you were like, yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure it's going to fall off. And I wasn't quite convinced, but it, it definitely fell off for me. I'm not... Uh... Uh, especially after seeing all the movies, I looked over the list of movies I've seen, and Clouds of Sils Maria like didn't even register in my mind. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. I kind of forgot Kristen Stewart's role in it. So that
1: I saw this again, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, You know, Clouds Cla- Klaus- of Sales Maria actually just missed the cut for the um, top twenty on Sight and Sound. It had a really wow. Yeah, it was a twenty-one. It was tied. It was in a five-way tie for twenty-one, but it was it was twenty-one. Almost got it. <laughs> Almost got it. So it's not like the movie's completely forgotten. It still has. Uh, you know, respect as fans. Her, uh, yeah. fans. Um, I'm not even sure that I'm like, that, like, I don't know. I wasn't really that wowed. I, I think I may have praised it at the time. And I, I, I'm still like, you know, it was still a, you know, a g- g- interesting performance, but I'm not really like going to bat for Kristen Stewart here in any acting categories, to be honest. I don't really like it to me that didn't really stretch her, her, um, screen persona by any means of the definition. I think she just kind of uh, utilized what she was already known for, the kind of, mm-hmm. like, basically mainstream mumblecore, and you know, drain <laughs> of emotion, and kind of just used it to her, used it to great effect that is now getting her awards or recognition. I don't necessarily think it was, like, that much of a stretch for Kristen Stewart to play this role. Um So I'm not gonna go, like I said, I'm not really gonna go to bad for her, for awards, you know, uh, awards categories particularly with regards to the Academy, because I just don't really think she, I'm going to be blunt. I don't think she deserves it. Actually. I really don't. Um, yeah. However, a uh, best supporting actor is interesting. It was uh Mark Ry- uh I was at, I, that was a pleasant surprise for me. I am so happy about that. I will be like, I, oh man, my face will light up if he gets anything from the. Yeah, um, Mark like, Rylance from Bridge of Spies. Bridge the Spies. of Spies. Sorry, uh, I, Tom I, Hanks has to defend. I stumbled over it because I'm very. Uh, I was very uncertain I was going to pronounce it right. So, <laughs> thank you for. Uh, well, Rylance, uh, Rylance. I will Rylance. Rylance. You know, it might not be right. Whatever. <laughs> eh. All right. Good point. Um. I mean, man, I, I love... I mean, to me, he was... He beat Tom Hanks for me. Like, he was the best actor in that movie. He, he's, was, he's he was more serious. memorable, I would say. Oh, yeah. for sure. And this is, like, Tom, that's not my blood, Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Um best picture went to Carol, which is great uh maybe pretend some that, that, that's what I mean. I honestly think Carol may end up walking away with the year just because it kind of <laughs> yeah, the, I so think much. the only other surprise from those was that
0: Michael Keaton got best actor from spotlight, not best supporting he was in a it was a lead role that they they determined he was in and gave him the award um so but everywhere else is sort of putting him up as a supporting actor right along with Mark Ruffalo. Um, so I don't know. And there, there's also, there's a big, there's a still a big controversy, I think over, you know, category,
1: uh, spotlight is a movie that, I mean, it'll, it'll challenge that in every conceiv like it'll, it'll challenge who you consider the lead in every conceivable way. There's not a clear lead in that movie. I would actually, I mean, honestly though, who would be the lead if not Michael Keaton? Like, like, I don't <laughs> no, it's
0: true. I mean, if if not him, who? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, um, yeah. My, I think my only other surprise from the other two, um, other two awards, uh, the the, which is the National Board Review and the Gotham Awards. the only other real surprise I was thinking of is something that's not there, and that's Steve Jobs. I really expected more love for Steve Jobs. Not that I. I, honestly, I don't agree with it. You know, you, you were, the episode I, where we, we reviewed it, I was yeah, I was pretty down on the movie. I mean, I wasn't down on, I wasn't down on um I Michael Fassbender's performance. So you know, I I I would say it's a it's a disappointment that he's like nowhere to be found in these early awards. I'm sure he'll pop up, um, but as for the rest of the movie, I expected a lot more love to this and expected to roll my eyes because of it. So I'm kind of surprised that it, there it's not there any like anywhere. Anyway,
1: yeah, I like Steve Jobs more than you, but I've I've kind of gotten used to the idea that this movie is buried, like it's gone. It's a part, it's a fart in the wind. Um, I like, uh, yeah. I which I don't really understand. Like it's like it's it's financial failure just destroyed every conceivable like venue for success this movie could possibly have. So. I... Uh... I don't know, man. I I still think that he'll get. I like. I will actually be shocked if he doesn't get an Academy Award nomination. And I actually think that Aaron Sorkin will get one as well. Oh, I actually right. do. I think he. I, I I do think he'll get one. I think it's. I think it's grabby enough. I mean, if 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 you have to ask yourself who are the two most prominent screenplay writers who are writing a movie this year, it's Quentin Tarantino and uh, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. No, that's and, right, and, and, and the fact that Steve Jobs is acclaimed, like to some degree, is I, th- I think enough of a justification for it. I, I, I is, is Steve, Steve Jobs is that adapted? Yeah, I think technically, even though it 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 does not borrow its structure from the book at all, like that, that's very hmm. much Sorkin's fabrication. Um, Oh yeah, I remember they really—they totally played with the structure of the.
0: Of oh, the it's so—it's
1: so weird that that's considered like it—that it, that's. Cre- I mean, it's credited in the movie itself as an adapted screenplay from Walter Isaacson's biography, mm-hmm. but it's like it—it's it, nothing like it. It obviously takes facts from the biography, but those are just facts about Steve Jobs. The, the structure and presentation is completely different. So because I, it's adapted. I, I, it's fine for it's fine for a nomination, sure.
0: I'm not, I have to really look at the the list again of movies I've seen, um, but it has no business winning over Drew Goddard. Just throwing that out there for for The Martian. Drew Goddard,
1: Drew Goddard's your choice. Drew Goddard is not my choice for best uh, best. Uh, no, as I said, I have to I, I, I have to look at the list, but I it, actually don't it, even I think. I, know, I just I don't even think the best part about like honestly the thing I hold up with The Martian is even like the screenplay is fairly down the list. I actually don't. I, I, I won't be... I, okay, you're going to kill me, but I won't cry if he doesn't get a nomination.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. well...
1: No, I, I, I'll, I'll
0: withhold my ire until I've gotten a real look at this. We're very close to end of the year superlatives, so I'll think about it, and <laughs> I'll let my rage flow through me right into you. Right into me. <laughs> when the time is right. All right. All right, cool. <laughs> the opportune moment. All right, hey. um, <laughs> um i don't know did did you have any others
1: you want to talk um, about so i one that just surprised me and uh, okay so i kind of want to see more love for this movie because it's one that keeps popping up here and there as being a really wonderful film and very underseen uh that, that came out this year uh love and mercy the oh the I, I need to, I mean, that's on my list to see before the year's up so yeah um yeah and because uh, paul dano won the gotham uh independent film awards uh, for his depiction of Brian Wilson, uh, which I'm very happy to see. Like, cause the thing is, okay. So like I'm, I'm very fascinated by the beach boys and particularly Brian Wilson, just because like mm-hmm. they like literally went from being, you know, uh, you know, a m- mechanic bubblegum pop, you know, cash machine to one of the most artistically, like, honestly, maybe the perfect expression of pop music in the history of music. Um, you know, just some of the greatest songs of all time, to a complete downward spiral of drug addiction and eventually uh, abuse from a doctor on Brian Wilson's part and paranoia um, and brain damage. Like, it's just such a yeah. crazy, fascinating story. Um so I was just happy to see it because it now justifies like, I, I need to fucking see this movie. I do not know. Like, I, I think
0: it's coming to Redbox
1: soon. So great. Cause I refuse to make my year end list without having seen it. I'm really excited for it. Um, and I'm just surprised. It's one of those movies that came out much earlier in the year that I don't think is being remembered right now, but it's really, it's just cool to see that there's still, you know, uh, a place to put it, it even if it's just in these, you know, smaller potatoes awards shows. Um, Still, that that's fantastic. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to see it get more recognition there. Um, um you know what, pa- Paul Dano, like that guy deserves a bone thrown his way. He's he's always been around. He's always done great work. Oh my god, and is and largely no unrecognized. No one, and <laughs> no one can fucking shut up about how he's overpowered by Daniel Day Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Like I like people will talk down his performance in that movie. Oh what? Because Daniel Day Lewis is more powerful and owns the scene. I'm like that's the fucking point. Like it, it he's so goddamn good in it still like how are you like, i, I yeah, and I, I
0: don't know honestly like i I, know. I think those those roles work a lot more in tandem
1: than it sounds like people are giving them credit for they do they absolutely do and if if, if daniel lewis is overpowered oh you think he can't act against daniel lewis i think that character cannot stand up to daniel plainview and is like a complete like coward and you know and yeah but i'm not mistaking their their character for their performance right, exactly That's the difference. exactly god it pisses me off when people like get down on him for that movie and then and like little miss sunshine which is his other well-known movie he didn't talk mm-hmm. most of the movie yeah. um and then i mean he was in 12 years of slave um which he was you know wonderful in uh, Hor- no, I think after 12 years of slave, my roommate was like, if you need a sniveling little prick, you, you <laughs> get th- Paul Dano. The thing is, he still wasn't, like, that... He he was intimidating because of how much he could do to Solomon, but he wasn't, like, a strong, imposing figure by any means. No, no, I and mean, he never is. He's,
0: he's very good at, at playing that role, but the thing is, he... That's not all he can do, and even if no. he does just that, he he does it really freaking well. So I'm I'm glad if this guy gets some end of the year awards, that that'd be that'd be cool to see.
1: So. That really would. Okay, one last one I want to bring up before we move on, because mm-hmm. um, I know we have to, but, um, Bell Pauly. Got best actress yes. for uh, her depiction of Minnie in Diary of a Teenage Girl, which I don't up. think we we talked about that on the show. No, we did. All. I brought no, we did. I brought it up um, before because I had seen it, um, but I didn't really have much enlightening to say about it. Not that there's not a lot to say about it, but because like it's it's honestly one of the most challenging movies I saw this year because I was like like simultaneously. Uh, respect like you know respecting uh and kind of in awe of what the filmmakers were able to like the 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 subject matter the filmmakers were able to uh, you know to breach um mm-hmm. so like pretty repulsed by the movie uh like as a whole and it, it's not like it, it, and the thing is i'm kind of coming to terms with it as just me being like you know my own just unwillingness to grapple with the subject matter. So I I kind of really want to see it again, or at least have a con like see it again and have a conversation about it really. Um, Because it's, it's just a fascinating movie. That's kind of like, I mean, the the thing is though, her winning this award brings up the question of whether or not, I I don't think the Academy will come anywhere near this movie. It's kind of like, I mean, that'd be like, I don't know. It, it's like Lolita winning. Like it's just it's it's, it's <laughs> like uh, obviously very well. Res- like one of the <laughs> Lolita is one of the most respected American novels ever written. But it's just not like you don't want to go read Lolita on a train, right? Like out <laughs> see people. You know, see. It's, it's people see. It's, it's it, got man. a stigma to it. I I'm just wondering if that stigma's gonna gonna stick with Diary of a Teenage Girl. Even though honestly, like reflecting on it, it's maybe one of the more like most honest movies I've seen all year. Really, like it is. I think I'm just. I'm, I think I was just uncomfortable dealing with that kind of honesty, which is honestly more. It, that that's that's <laughs> me problem, not a movie problem. Um,
0: so- yeah, I I, I want to see that. That's one of the things I want to want to see before my, making my end of your list. Uh, just and especially because it's getting praise like this, you know? I mean, it's again, this is all very early. The, it, you look at the Metacritic Awards scorecard, the, the top film has six points, where, you know, last year it was 90 points. So
1: Two films, James. There's two films. There's, there's not even enough to, to break the tie.
0: Yeah, no, there isn't. Carol and Spotlight are tied with one win and three nominations, and Mad oh, Max Fury Road just... No, I'm not going to lie,
1: either one of those being the movie to take it will not surprise me. Um... Just, no, I mean I haven't seen Carol, but uh, I have not seen not the early praise is enough. Um, I'm really excited for Carol, though. I'm like I, I'm so stoked. <laughs> I'm yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. I think, I I think we should move on, on to our stuff. views. Yeah, we got fucking three of them. God damn it. <laughs> Would what, what do you? What do you want to start with? Let's start with a good dinosaur because uh, I you know I like to get my forts out first. Um. <laughs> No, we
0: did we did talk about the good dinosaur and um it's it's a Pixar film. We talked about it before about whether or not uh it would continue or or uh hold back Pixar's recent uh comeback that's been that's been pitched this year
1: uh, one um, a one movie comeback called inside out um, I mean hey that's all it takes <laughs> it really is I was no I got inside out like regenerated me I'm like so like I, I'm just like I got my I dusted off my Pixar shirt I wore it out public like it was amazing um, yeah no the the good
0: dinosaur is about an alternate uh, alternate history where the meteor that killed all dinosaurs didn't hit Earth and didn't kill all the dinosaurs. Uh, so then people also came into the picture, and then there's a little boy with uh, a long neck, uh, not unlike Littlefoot. Um, a little dinosaur with
1: a long neck? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said boy.
0: No, no, Littlefoot, little the main character from...
1: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Time. yeah. Sorry, yeah, I gotta listen more.
0: <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> so... And then what isn't this just like the lion King from here mix, mixed with um, like,
1: Dumbo? If the lion, if Simba was like ne- like never stopped screaming and had a st- stupid sidekick who like didn't really contribute anything. And
0: well, yeah, so mm. the very early on, um, the main char- the main character is a, dino- is a dinosaur named Arlo. And his father dies, and then he gets separated from his remaining family and has to make the journey back. So, um, and then, yeah, he meets this little, little cave boy on the way, um, Spot. who acts like a dog for some reason.
1: You no, know, because every fucking animated movie in history, anything that's not a human, that is like sent, not sent, you know, not sentient, sentient? no, no, no. No, not sentient, because sentient means you're conscious, but, like, that is just a, you know, a creature that the person, like, you know, that, that the sentient beings interact with. If they're not a human, they're a dog. Like, that's just how it yep. is. Bullseye in Toy Story is not a horse, he's a dog. The horse from Tangled is a dog. Um, every single other animal besides human beings or human, or, or anthropomorphic animals uh, is a dog. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. What I say? Anthropomorphic? What's anth- Oh, yeah. that's a fucking screen d- dimension. Th- okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they, yeah, they, if they're not human, they're a dog. So, yeah. so he he names apt- uh. him Spot.
0: Oh yeah, he does name him Spot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, anyways, the. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to just ask plainly what you think. I do want to ask though, like. If if this, to answer, I want to, I want you to answer the question, do you think this at all was a setback
1: or a continuation of Pixar's comeback? Total setback. It was a complete, like, this is, it's the only Pixar movie, the only one that I would call completely forgettable. Like, I will, like, the thing is, I mean, I'm not going to point to every single one of their movies and call it a masterpiece, but... I would say that the ones that either fail or underwhelm do so with at the very either good intentions or just memorable like uh, memorable presentation like even something like you know really banal like cards it, it was kind of like that first realm into merchandising that pixar kind of ex- you know like not, not saying toy story didn't have a ton of that because it did but cars was like like, I, I, Jesus Christ, there's still aftershocks of the huge merchandising earthquake, that that wake <laughs> of Cars. Like, that was just, and that was kind of Pixar, I think, kind of experimenting with kind of what would pay the bills. And, and honestly, it, despite the fact that Cars is dumb, it resonated. Um, people cared about it. Kids at least cared about it. There was a sequel? There was a sequel. There was. That's all I can say about that. Um, so I guess <laughs> no. maybe, maybe that's I, – I, I don't know. The, the sequel was actually – well, even the sequel was kind of memorable for being the first movie that – Pixar movie that people were actually get, like calling bad. Like some people were like legitimately just calling it a bad movie. Um, yeah. No, I don't but, know. For
0: I, me, this is much – I think this is on the same tier
1: as Monsters University. Oh. Um... I, I rather you I would, know, it's... I would rather watch Monsters University again than watch The Good Dinosaur. Like sincerely, um, but I well, I think it, I think in in the respect in in
0: in my in my view of it being on that same tier, I don't think it's a setback. It's just not a step forward. Um, um... The, I think this movie was kind of an amalgamation of a lot of different movies uh, Um, that that Disney and Pixar has made for that matter.
1: I think it's a setback because Pixar, like one thing you could never say about Pixar was that it didn't matter. Like no matter what they came out with, it mattered. And the good dinosaur is the first one where it it just feels like it, it is a fart in the wind. It will, I think it will disappear and never be thought about again. I will completely forget it's a movie. I will forget it's in Pixar's Canon until I actually look at their filmography. Like I, and that's the only thing. That's literally the only Pixar movie I can say that about. Even like you know, Brave, which I I like. It's it's underwhelming, but it's yeah. It, it, it tried to bring that animation to such a new direction and to, you know, really create a new... A, a completely different kind of story that we associate with Pixar. Um, and it wasn't entirely successful, but I, I you know, I admired the uh, sentiment, and I, I still think we got some interesting stuff out of it. Um, Monsters U is just kind of, like, fucking so weird that I... I I, I can't believe it exists. <laughs> it's, like, it's... It's so odd, but it's, it's kind of hilarious that we have a, like a kids version of animal house under the pixar logo <laughs> like <laughs> it's 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 awesome kind of but like good dinosaur good, like it's it's good dinosaur i think that the
0: issue the main issue i have is that there's no takeaway uh, like at all um, where it's supposed well,
1: to be don't be aff- Oh no okay okay but the don't be afraid arc i, no, I, it's so I dumb. Heard that. no it's so dumb it was done better in one line of game of thrones where bran <laughs> Where, I guess it was two lines where Bran asks his father, you know, can can a man be brave if he's afraid? And he responds, "That's the only time a man can be brave." That was it. That that was it. Like that was the whole fucking thing. That was- no, and
0: the you know for for me the uh, the that whole arc was done the I Batman. think perfectly in Bat- Batman Begins and Batman Begins Two. Um, yeah, which it's is Dark Knight <laughs> and and it's. It, it took that long to develop I think it, it, done, done perfectly because in, in Batman Begins the the fear is such a motif in that movie and it's all, and the last words that Bruce Wayne's dying father said to him was don't be afraid and then by the end of Batman Begins 2 he realizes that he has to be afraid in order to
1: succeed at what he does and, I knew you were going to bring, I like, I, I knew 100% you were going to bring this up well, I mean, how could I not? It's like it's the same goddamn thing. It's no, it's it's the it, but it's it doesn't treat
0: it with a, a, any respect, I think. It takes a lot of it for granted and it does a lot of it through
1: dialogue and it doesn't even pair that it does with, a lot of with it meaningful screaming. action. Screaming. It does a lot of it through Arlo fucking screaming, which like can I just say it is the worst vocal performance I've seen from a Pixar movie period? Like I I hate, yeah. I hated the kid who played Arlo. It bugged the crap out of me. And maybe it was how it was written. I don't... I I, I don't know. Noth, like, I, I... Fuck. The kid... Like, he... I I, was just looking at the society he was living in, and I kind of just wanted him to die. Like, he would... <laughs> no, like, seriously, the, if, if he had died instead of... We, we had already said his father died, right? Like, that's not
0: yeah, I mean that's also like a premise that's of the a, movie. It's not that's really a spoiler. That could
1: practically be in the Wicked.
0: It's it's like the guy from it's like the main character from Up. His wife dies, so.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Except that was a beautiful, wonderful scene, and, and... it was. It was. Very, I'm not not comparing. At all. I'm just saying yeah. Um, it's, it's not a spoiler. Like the world this kid grows up in, his father is infinitely more useful than he is. Like fuck this kid. I don't. I do not care that he is like so useless and afraid of everything. Like, I you have to make your mark. Like, I didn't find that... Like, are kids supposed to find that relatable? Like, because they're afraid of everything? I don't know. Like, it's... Like, his family's trying to survive in a, you know, a harsh world where everyone's still a dinosaur, and, like, you know... Yet they farm, and... Like, yet they farm, which, mind you... Okay, so explain to me, by the way, and this is, this is totally, like, not a huge... Like, this isn't like, you know, real film criticism, but explain Mm -hmm. how if dinosaurs just don't die, they then evolve into gain human characteristics.
0: And Yeah, I was like, couldn't they
1: just like eat the stuff they normally eat that's like but, growing throughout the earth naturally <laughs> i thought the idea was that intelligent beings evolved because the more physically domineering species died out so if they so, didn't die out you would still just have a world ruled by physically domineering species and not like humans wouldn't have evolved because the... it's it's a good point you you are right though it's not really like it's not, but like, but like they they make a point of it. Like, honestly, if they had just not even had the whole pretense of like, well, what if the asteroid never hit the Earth? Like, what would have happened? Like, you... well, they, if they didn't do that though, they couldn't have the kid with the dinosaur. Ugh, I guess not. That,
0: that's well, that's I they, think
1: that's entirely why they did it. Well, you could with the religious audiences because you know that. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Anyways, sorry. No, they... a- that's why I do this. Um but yeah like i don't, I don't know I didn't Arlo I was supposed to be a like did you find redeeming qualities in Arlo because i I was so done with like I didn't want to be around him anymore no I mean
0: and I didn't I didn't find redeeming qualities with with him or with his arc I mean every time everyone, everyone would roar throughout the movie he would just yell and scream And be like oh I wonder
1: if he's gonna get a roar at a climactic moment Hmm. Oh my god, the reincorporation in this movie is ridiculously blunt. I like you know, oh, the father's telling him you can always find your way home. If you can find the river, you can find your way home. I'm like, oh man, I wonder when that's gonna come into the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, are you are you serious? I just every single bit was reincorporated in the most like I I could call it so like I'm not good at doing this. I'm not good at being like, oh, this is what's going to happen in the movie. I could call practically every single beat of the plot. Oh, these scavenger, like, you know, bird-like creatures. What are their true intentions? Uh, Like, I... (laughs) Like, it's just dumb. It was boring because there wasn't a single thing that was anything about pedestrian. Like, this movie is fucking pedestrian as hell. It's... I, I honestly it's like you put every single kids movie, like cliche kids movie plot beat in a string or like you just put every kids movie ever made in a blender and like shat this out. Like it's just, it's just like so generic. It's got, you know, the, the vague journey that the characters have to go on. It's got some pretense of character development, but without really thinking about what that character development is like stemming from or really means it's like got three, subsequent like they meet three different sets of three dinosaurs with yeah ambiguous motivations one after another and i like
0: <laughs> oh was, man i that that whole part with the what's that triceratops or whatever was very surreal that was
2: <laughs> what? nuts
0: i'd What was happening in that and I think that came like right after or right before uh, they the two main characters eat some berries and go on like they have this high trip. Like, they, there's actually, like, they it, it, eat some, it, it, like, psychedelic berries. They did a representation of, it was kind of like the,
1: the purple, uh, pink elephant scene in Dumbo. Um, like, they just... And this movie has a lot of parallels to Dumbo, too. It's it gets separated from his family, has to get back. Right. Um, yeah, they just get completely blasted out of their minds, and then they meet this just fucking coked-out triceratops with, like, all <laughs> these... Da- Honestly, if they had just gone for, it, like, a surreal road movie, I would have been so down. Like that was actually kind of a promising development in the movie because I thought they were just gonna really go surreal. They no, they just like left it behind. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh yeah, that that was a that was a thing. Um, no, they just then run into like the morally ambiguous dinosaurs and they and come one after another. It's just plotting at that, like not plotting like with a T. It's pl- like plodding with a D. It's, it's yeah. like, uh, ugh, just uh-uh, like. No flow at all, and then the the you know the morally ambiguous dinosaurs who turn out to be you know friendly to them, uh you know give you know the cliche you know motivational. Well, they gave him A- the nugget uh, to, of the film, uh... right? <laughs> they, they 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 recite the platitudes that the movie's trying to teach kids about not being. Or, or
2: about, about it being
1: okay to be afraid okay to be afraid as long as you don't let it hinder you know doing what you have to do um and yeah and like that was fine it just all felt like like checklist like a checklist like you know just required steps that we have to take to get to the end i i got no sense of like real genuine adventure or joy out of any of this and like the thing is i feel like, like looking at the reviews everyone had A similar experience, but a lot of people are giving it a positive review, like lukewarm but positive. Um, And the main citation for praise is the landscape and the.
0: Well, I was just about to say,
1: like the if the the rendering, the 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 best
0: I can say about this movie is that it it looks beautiful. I mean, aside from the characters, I think the characters are actually kind of dumbed down.
1: I was going to say the like to me. I'll agree with you that the landscapes are really great and beautiful and majestic. However, I also, a, I also think that they were done equally impressively in a movie like brave. Um, and also it's completely, the landscapes are completely underplayed by the absolute garbage character design. Like this is, awful character design they, they look no, it like is.
0: My, my girlfriend and i were totally making fun of the knobby knees that for some reason the oh, dinosaurs my, have not, is ridiculous they, and they
1: give a lot of attention to those knobby knees too like they're not <laughs> even like hiding it um, no um i thought I his thought leg was, was pretty... i thought his leg was broken and it turns right? out it's just like no i thought he was
0: i thought that was going to be part of his character as right? like like, the had black to... sheep oddball of the family that he yeah, has these like, weird to...
1: knees yeah, or, like, he had to get home. Like, I thought it was, like, after the river, and he broke his, like, fucking leg, and I thought he had to, like, get home with a broken leg, and I'm like, oh, no, it just looks stupid. Like, that's... <laughs>
0: yeah, no, the other thing, I will say there were at least a couple genuine emotional moments in the movie that resonated with me, but not nearly enough, and and more so because they, they wasted too much time on the that what was supposed to be the takeaway of this movie that I've already gotten. That's the thing. This movie is so written. Uh, it's re- yeah. Uh, I've gotten... Whatever this tra- movie is trying to give you, you can get b- el- elsewhere better. So right. uh, And in that respect, as I said, no takeaway. I still... I'm not willing to say this is a uh, like a setback for, for Pixar. Um, just because, I mean, e- it even... It's made its way onto onto the early awards <laughs> picture <laughs> uh, for some nominations at least. So, um, at very least in results, I mean it's probably not going to be a setback. And it, I just don't think it can really it can really affect it. You know, it's it's like the True Detective season two.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> no. I mean I love look. I love Inside Out. I'm I adore that movie. I'm still super excited to see. What Pixar does next, mm-hmm. but I just it's it's just to say the least disappointing. It's like just disheartening because I like I just want to get back to that point where Pixar would come up with a new movie every single year. It so was that span from 2007 to 2010, and every single year they came out with a movie, and every single year it was a masterpiece, like yep. just one of the best animated movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, I would and even before that, because even that was just broken up by Cars before that, and then before you know, and then you go back. Those two years before were Incredibles in Finding Nemo. <laughs> mm. Well, and I then, mean, there, there's there's like, still hope on the horizon, man. Finding Dory come down. I know, I know. It looks actually pretty promising.
0: I, I know, I'm, I'm excited about that one. So. Yeah, um, because it doesn't look like they they recycled the <laughs> the premise, which is great. Uh, I was worried about that.
1: I know that um, it was just
0: going to be D- Dory is lost and I have to find her. Oh god! But it looks <laughs> more of like a. Too more of a metaphorical finding of Dory.
1: Yeah, which which I'm very fascinated in cuz Dory is a great character. Um Then all the way in 2019 there's The Incredibles 2, so So, you know, just don't die before then.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Um Yeah, I, don't, I like that's about it for the good dinosaur. It's so fucking mundane and stupid. I don't I don't know. I like Aside from Cars 2, which I still think is more memorable because of how bad it is. <laughs> uh, like, I, I, the Good Dinosaur movie, the Pixar movie, I am least inclined to ever visit again. I'm done with the Good Dinosaur forever. I will never see that movie again.
0: Oh, uh, that's fair. And if you want to, like, sit down and turn your brain off, you'll probably laugh a few times
1: and enjoy yourself, but... Yeah, probably. Yeah, you... I mean, honestly, I would probably recommend going to see the Minions before going to see the Good Dinosaur. At least yeah. the Minions, you get some pretty good visual comedy. Man,
0: um, I, I just... I I. I want Minions, the anthology film. I want it,
1: because it would be great. Oh, it would look so good, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, but instead we got Minions, the
1: shitty movie with Scarlet Overkill. <sighs> and Sandra Bullock. He just, stop putting Sandra Bullock in my movies. Get, get her out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, what the
0: what, uh, fuck? What do we say next? Do you want Creed or you want Brooklyn?
1: Creed. You just saw Brooklyn, so... I just saw Brooklyn. Like, give me as much time as possible to, you know, okay. come up with um, something. Let's do, let's do Creed. I'm a. i am I, I want to
0: talk about Creed in the context of another movie, and we don't have to jump right into this conversation. Um, I want to talk about Creed in the context of a film that we have. Uh, I don't want to say um, taken down because it's more that we went on a belligerent rant against it on several occasions during our podcast, and that's Jurassic World. I,
1: I, okay, so the thing is, when you're like we we did belligerent ransom, like, well, it's got to be Jurassic World. The you know, like, only like, like that's the only thing. But what possible connection could you make? Is it not? Is it not obvious? No. What?
0: Oh, uh, the. I think like in my my premise, oh, like
1: approaching an old, like approaching an old.
0: Exactly. Beloved. My premise is that if okay. if Jurassic World that. The the creed is what Jurassic World should have been to its series.
1: Sure, sure, because it's it, it's kind of like it's very much tapping into the it's the nostalgia energy, prequel, and, the or... energy and nostalgia and hope of the first film in the franchise, the most beloved film in the franchise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. and in Jurassic World's case, it was basically just you know using that to dangle in front of our faces while it milked us dry of our wallets like that was. <laughs>
0: No, Jurassic World was so phoned in in every sense of the word, and I don't want to rant against it too much, but I did want to talk about it because I think Creed, everything that Jurassic World quote-unquote tried to do, although I it's, I, I don't think that they, anyone working on Jurassic World actually tried at anything, um, was they were trying for similar things, and I think Creed did it so much better to the Rocky
1: series. mm yeah no one tried except poor Jake Johnson, who got wasted in that. Um, yeah that's a good actually a very interesting connection to bring up. I don't I will say this much. I think that the elements of Creed that were uh, uh, let's be fair the whole movie is essentially like very much a riff or a second stanza of the plot from the first movie um oh yes. Updates- yeah details um you know instead of just being like you know a down and out you know you know mob enforcer like rocky was in the first movie like adonis creed he is you know in a juvenile center um and then he is we're not even really going to do a plot synopsis for this movie because it's basically just the the plot for rocky right a down and out (laughs) Down and out guy. Um,
0: this guy happens to be the son of Apollo Creed, who was Rocky's Creed. first major opponent in And the possibly the greatest
1: boxer of all time in the world. of. Yeah, the, and, and know, then
0: and he watch. gets Rocky to train him to become a boxer because he has quit his financial job because he just has to fight and has He's actually been sneaking help. off to Mexico to fight all the time. Done. Yep. Plot synopsis over.
1: Yeah, that's about it. Um, and and he has to, you know, make a name for himself without relying on the legacy of his father. That, that's that's a, really that's a th- big con- controversy. Well, controversy, conflict in the movie. It's a big conflict in the movie. Um, and actually, which it, it's kind of interesting how much a name or even just the title of the movie becomes thematic or symbolic. Um, which is really cool. I wasn't expecting it to have so much meaning behind it, because mm-hmm. essentially the whole movie is about him being able to accept his title as Creed. Yeah, um, and yeah, he um. So I guess what what I how I see this is, yes, it takes the beats from the first Rocky movie, but it is pretty transformative with them. Like it doesn't. It doesn't play the old Rocky music over, like, you know, pictures of <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Mickey or, like, you know, old, you know, photos from the earlier films. It takes things that we responded to well the first time, but it plays them with a different. You know, a, a different infliction, and we it's still a different have key, a, basically. A, di- yeah, it's a different key, and we still have a very similar reaction, but it's you know it's transformed quite a bit. And I, I actually
0: feel like there's a reason to see this movie in within sure. the context of the Rocky series. For sure,
1: it's a movie I felt like, like of course, like you know, this is not a you know completely new territory theme wise or no, I think like very it, little in this movie is completely original i just think it earns its, it it its unreli- really originality. there's even a great like even the montage scene which like you know has been you know the original rocky montage scene has just been parodied to death we've seen it a million times it's a cliche by now um it finds a way to somehow make that fresh again um yeah and that, that's a, i i talked to you
0: about it before i think like it, this movie is enjoyable to people who are 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 and are not Rocky fans. If you if you haven't watched yeah. all six or whatever of the of the previous Rocky films, you're still gonna enjoy this movie, and oh, yeah. you might even enjoy it more because you don't recognize the 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 tropes and plot points that it uh, that it reuses.
1: Yeah. And I I will say the one aspect in which is I think bar none the best Rocky movie is, uh, and this has not been you know underreported. It's been talked about a lot. Is uh, its handling of the boxing scenes, which I think in terms of boxing films I've seen is like I would only like I would have to really think about it, but it's second pretty much only to me to uh, Raging Raging Bull. Bull.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that, that's about it. <laughs> it. No, that is drawing comparisons to Raging Bull should tell you how, how much uh, they oh put into it. Um, and, and honestly, too, this makes me think of another film that I it thought looked very similar to it, but this just blows out of the water, was uh, Southpaw. The cinematography oh in Southpaw, God. I remember on, on a review talking about what a mess it was, and it, 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 it was like... It was like a boxing movie shot by the same people who did Batman Begins. Uh, oh, infamously, some of the worst superhero cinema. Uh, yeah, well, f- of all even, time. even fight cine- cinematography. Fight, cinematography fight cinematography in cinematography, general. Yes. Yeah, it was it was just so bad. And this one, I was so engaged, so much so that I did not know until yesterday. I saw this movie like a week ago or something like that. I can't remember. Um, uh, until yesterday i didn't realize that the first box the first major boxing scene was done in one shot oh you Two didn't rounds. notice that no i didn't notice it because it oh, just it keeps you so in the moment that
1: i'm not i wasn't even thinking about the cinematography at that point i was thinking Actually, about that's this a great awesome I, think, scene. I think that's a great testament to the craft of that scene because it, it's 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 impressive enough to have a great oneer, but it's it's it kind of it is, didn't draw attention to it to have a one that isn't like yeah, that that's not look at me. Although I certainly was, I, I knew about it beforehand though, so I do kind of wonder if I would have noticed it if I didn't have. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, know, or, I didn't know. And just yesterday, I saw a story about it. I was like, holy crap, that was in one shot. Like yeah, and uh, it's just always for me because like one of the big things with boxing movies, and this is the thing that Raging Bull, uh, really, you know, the convention that blew away, is that boxing movies are always shot from the outside of the ring, which is just mm-hmm. shitty. Like you, you just it. it it objectify it puts you in the, the role of a spectator and objectifies everything that you see. What raging bull did was that it got really expressive with it. Like, you know, it got inside the ring. It would vary the size of the ring, depending on the state of mind of the character. Uh, <laughs> it would, it would use montage cutting. It would use, um, dramatic lighting cues. It would like warp the perspective. So crazy. And yeah, it made for less realistic boxing, but it just made for a beautiful cinema. Um, and I think that, like, Ryan Coogler, the director, who uh, previously, I believe, is only other feature writing credit, yeah. Yeah, his feature film is uh, Fruitvale Station, which got a lot of acclaim in, I believe, 2013? Yeah,
0: 2013. And I just watched it for
1: the first time, like, two oh, days ago. Uh, great, so. great. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I haven't seen it, so I can't, unfortunately, bring it into the conversation. Yeah. Um, But Ryan Coogler does a great job, I think, of, like, kind of balancing the two different aesthetics at the same time, Um, which is great because, like, you know, this is still Rocky. This isn't, you know, it it fits neatly within a – it somehow, like, has, like, you know, has its cake and eats it, too. It fits neatly, I think, in the Rocky franchise. But I think it's also very distinguished as a – like, as a work, even just of a – like, of a notable filmmaker. I, Mm -hmm. I get a sense of Ryan Coogler's personality from this. Well, and, and uh, honestly, I've seen I've seen three movies
0: now that that have Michael B. Jordan in it. Two of them were directed by Ryan Coogler. One of them was directed by Josh Trank. Um, and w- which one do you think I got more character out of it? And that's part of a director's job is that coax the desired character out of, and desired performance out of his actors. Um, and that that's really the best thing I could pull from from Fruitvale Station, just because like they're so different movies. I don't even know where it. to where to I've... start comparing them. Um, but I can compare them in the fact that. Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan work really well together that nothing about nothing about Michael B. Jordan's character in either of these movies feel,
1: feels disingenuous in the slightest. If you need a proof of Michael B. Jordan's acting abilities, by the way, uh, you can go see him in season one of The Wire. He's been acting amazingly since he was, like, a fucking, like, teenager. I don't even know how old he was in The Wire. He seems like he's, like, 12. He, mm-hmm. He's really great. Um, but... I would I would say the only way in which the movie kind of did le- like let me down a little bit um oh man we haven't even gotten to the thing that I'm most happy about from the movie but we will in a second um, okay. the o- the only piece of criticism I would have I guess would be um the uh how the movie treats uh the lo- like uh Michael B Jordan you know, as love interest, Bianca, Bianca yeah. played by Tessa Thompson, who is wonderful. Like, I, I think she's a great actress. I've liked her since she was actually she was really dear, good in this movie. She was in dear white people. I, that was the first time I saw her, um, mm-hmm. from last year. Um, I thought she was a great, you know, had a great role to play in that one. Um, able to bring a lot of humanity, even to a character that was polarizing to a lot of people. um, mm-hmm. And, I, 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 like, she's just so I, – I just I, – I, I really respect her. I like – her character is just really fascinating to me. I like, you know, really – I feel like she gets under their skin really well, expresses their motivations, and, and, and you know, gives them fully flesh performances. And I think she did that here big time with Bianca. I think the movie completely drops her in the third act. Like she becomes No, so like, they
0: kinda of, they kinda of pulled a mean earl and dying girl on this one, I'm not Um lie. They
1: didn't not to that like amoral n- grotesque
0: n- extent. Well but, I think that was just more amoral and grotesque just because of the subject matter of me and Earl and
1: Dying Girl, but they, I think the treatment is the same. Possibly. I, I, but the thing is, they did make an attempt to define her as her own character in the first two thirds of the movie. Like she is, you find out that she's not just a muse for Adonis, that she has her own, you know, great passion that she's pursuing, which is her music. Um mm-hmm. And that she's succeeding at it, but that she also and got. She has
0: a degenerative hearing that, I disorder. Gonna, yeah. I was just
1: going to bring that up. She has a thing that will ultimately, you know, impair her completely and and bar her off from doing that dream, which is you know the progressive hearing loss. And she still continues to pursue it anyway. Um. And and like obviously she's you know we kind of get a sense of how she feels about that. Well, um, and,
0: and in a way that so, plays yeah. off of Adonis Creed or Donnie. It does. Uh, it does because it his his, his stress. Yeah, his struggle is... Boxing is something that killed his father,
1: and that... Yeah, it informs his struggle, but it's not defined by it. Like, she was her own thing,
0: and I liked
1: that. And she becomes completely a means of support for Adonis in the last third of the movie. And that's... Like, I was kind of let down by that, to be honest. I, I really wish that... Obviously, the the climax. Obviously, the climax of Creed is going to be you know Michael B. Jordan taking part in a boxing match. Like that's not. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's not the climax. Of course it is. But like, I would have loved to see a more satisfying resolution or at least place for that character in the third act of this movie. I, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a letdown for me. Um, no, with my. um... My my main my main letdown in
0: the movie was not the I, I did notice that the characterization of her was lacking, but also the characterization of uh, Apollo Creed Apollo Creed Adonis Creed's final foe in the movie. Oh my god was yeah. also lacking, and honestly, it was kind of mean in in how for the audience because like uh, Rocky Apollo Creed, you get to know this guy. I don't remember him. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember him being as despicable and villainous as this person at all he was very he was very respectful and in and in the you know the obviously end which i i I don't know if i if i'm what i can spoil here um but a lot of a lot of the plot beats are the same and you don't a kind of character like this despicable person in in creed i i would hope to get more catharsis out of
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: but it it ends on a very similar note to the first to Rocky, where you know, Apollo Creed beats Rocky, um, but that's fine because there's this level of mutual respect that you can totally get
1: on board with because these are both cool people. Well, and he um, goes the distance. Like, like to, to him, that was the that was the thing that mattered. Like, yeah, exactly. I, you did and, not and... knock me. Like, I'm still here. Like, you did not beat me. I you you got selected as being the winner of the fight, but I made it through the whole fight. That exactly, was, and, and you
0: you get a yeah. you get a lot of those same beats in this one, but the the character I just think wasn't there, and what was there, I didn't really want to see any sort of respect from. Yeah, like, through I, that I guy,
1: the Rocky movies have always kind of had brutish villains even like a, a uh, apollo was not respectful to rocky he kind of did, he actually did the same thing like it's kind of a tradition now where they have to start a fight with rocky or whoever the main fighter is in a press conference yeah <laughs> like that just happens every single one of the movies and the thing is the, the way apollo did it though um it was kind of obvious that this was a show for publicity that mm-hmm. he was doing this like he didn't really want to fight rocky and he didn't really like feel it's not that like he was like you know Felt threatened by him, or like you know, really wanted to beat him down. He just like kind of had to put on the show and drum up the publicity for it. That's kind of where his motivation in the first Rocky movie came from. He wasn't a dick. He was kind of a dick, but he had a he was humanized enough to so you know why he was being this way. Um, and obviously, he became one of the more most sympathetic characters in the Rocky movies yeah uh, and the thing is the the way the series progressed is that one movie after movie rocky just kind of got closer and closer to just fighting super villains um, he, it, like, it, it becomes like, like a a usa before. versus russia no, it, he, he it got to the breaking point with rocky 4 where he beat communism and then gave no, a yeah speech, he did he just gave a speech Russians. to the russian people about how everybody can change which clearly meant everyone can become a capitalist and everyone's <laughs> shared everyone can become a westerner yeah. by the way there's a great internet version of that video where like because because what you know obviously it's in russia so like rocky's you know making the speech and then there's a translator who is you know translating everything he says to into russian so people can understand him and there's an internet version where the he puts subtitles over the announcer's voice and like it's just completely like degrading of rocky it's I, it's so goddamn funny um, Rocky Four is just the cheesiest movie ever. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like... This villain Rocky's... was more cartoony. He was on that more cartoony side. Mm, I wouldn't call him <laughs> cartoony. I would just call him less developed. Um, and I... I agree <laughs> Sorry, with you. Sorry, hacking oh, up the storm here. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Interrupting my criticism? <laughs> Damn it. Um, I mean, I wouldn't call him... No, I'd probably call him, like, a bit... Like, uh, Apollo with something stuck in his craw like I don't know he's, he's not that bad he's a bit of a prick but like well, you also well, can you get to, like
0: his backstory too like he he is like drugged out like into some illegal shit uh, that's got him basically shunned by the league and then he gets
1: one shot against somebody else and he yes, breaks god his we... jaw in a cheap sports. shot thank god we thank god we live in a world where no sports professionals take part in any illicit activity outside of the game that's uh okay, <laughs> what a hell what a hellish world that would be,
0: huh well, yeah, and these people aren't like galvanized and given shots to become like titles there you know
1: <laughs> all, right, all right, I, I don't know, Supervillain, villain he's, he's he's fine, I didn't really have that much of a problem with him, but i definitely I mean I definitely think he was underdeveloped i I, just, like, I... I think if you're gonna if you're gonna make him like this
0: if you're if you're gonna do the the route of Apollo Creed as the villain to Rocky. Uh, then I think the way the the beats they play off work. But if you're gonna be like a more Rocky IV, like this guy's just evil,
1: uh, then give me some catharsis, man. They didn't make like, him that. Bad. Did you fucking see Rocky IV? Uh, he is a machine. <laughs> they dehumanize him. They like they, they clearly code him as being just a an engineered monster. <laughs> that, that's Rocky IV. It's, it's just a kind of a you know dumb brutish guy who got in trouble with the league and is trying to kind of do what Apollo did and drum up publicity and, you know, regain his presence by, you know, defeating the son of Apollo Creed. Like, I I don't know. I could I I see the, I see the dots in that. I, I, I'll admit, I'll agree with you. He's not like the most developed or memorable, you know, Rocky adversary, but like, Mm -hmm. he's fine. I don't know. I didn't really have that much of a problem with him. Um, can we get to the part where we, like, that I know neither of us have a problem with? yeah just sylvester stallone
0: yep <laughs> oh my we God. haven't it's just funny we've been talking for like probably 20 minutes about the rocky movie and haven't mentioned sylvester
1: stallone not, being once, Bible, not so. once i actually noticed that and i was like wow i i feel like i i, I could have actually been dangerously close to ending the review without even mentioning you're like, it. well i mean nothing else important happened uh, uh, i don't think uh, we
0: need to talk about anything we talked about the first fucking love interest for you all right we've botch this, let's restart.
1: Botched uh, it? No, that was <laughs> a point of criticism. <laughs> Fuck
0: you. But, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sylvester Stallone, and we a few, a few weeks ago uh, I noticed and I told to you, I don't remember if it was on, on recording or not, but uh, that that Sylvester Stallone is getting Oscar buzz for, for Creed. Um, and
1: I think he deserves it, man. (laughs) I was like, that's crazy. There's no, like, why the fuck is Sylvester Stallone getting Oscar praise? The thing is... I mean, to be fair, he did get nominated uh, for this same role before. Here's the thing about Sylvester Stallone. I forgot why I loved him. And now I remember. Because he's so... I kind of, like, now I really realize how much I hate the fact that he gets lumped in with, like, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger and, like, you know, uh... (laughs) <laughs> fucking look he did a, he did jason
0: willingly S- appear in the expendables like three times so i mean he does bring some of it on himself Yeah, uh, you know he
1: he. i know like and he gets thrown in with like you know the expendables crowd and like oh you know um jason say who's the guy who always goes direct to dvd uh, steven seagal like you know just one of the 80s macho men who kind of like you know killed mainstream cinema the thing is rocky really revealed some like what sylvester stallone is so great and huge like in humanist at playing he's like this like like inarticulate streetwise like unsophisticated poet who like is like like he's just so genuine and like you know, I, I fucking love him because of how honest he is, even though he's like not he's, you know, completely unglamorous. He's so un- like non-Hollywood in the original Rocky. He's like like honestly that movie works because he's so goddamn lovable. And huh. the thing is what you get obviously the character you get in Creed is so much different. He's you know, the the this character looking back on his life is is very much a changed man. But but oh my god, I forgot how genuine he could be. It's it's so amazing. Like I like I, I I've gotten to the point where I will actually be mad if he doesn't get anything or like isn't nominated, you know, or, 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 or given any recognition whatsoever. Like it is it is astounding. Like like it it he, Sylvester Stallone is a like can be a great actor because there I didn't get a shred of. He is performing in this movie. This, this like it seemed like a real human being to me, uh, like legitimately. It, it, oh god, oh, so good.
0: I think I think you're totally right about this, and it, it also like treats his character really well in this movie. I, look, I expected th- there's, and they even give away part of this in in the trailers. Like I I, ex- I expected his main. Source of conflict outside of training Apollo Creed's son, Um, and and because they've they've done this before, the trainer something happens to him medically. You know he has he has an issue to deal with. Rocky's in that, yeah. Rocky's sick. Is the airline they use in the trailer? So, um, I I expected it, and I sort of expected it to come off very cliche, and for me to just sort of putter through it. Um, but man, do they go in with this? I it it actually,
1: no, no, no. The revelation scene where he like you know is is with the doctor and he finds out the expression on his face, which is like a kind of a like a faux smile, and he doesn't really give in like he doesn't let you see his face but you can just see there's so much like hurt beneath that because he's seen someone who he loves like go through this exact no yeah his line was like no my you know my wife tried that oh his his delivery is like so matter of fact i can't even i can't give it no i can't can't give it any justice no you can't it's it's matter of fact and heartbreaking at the same time like i don't know how he does it that's the thing he's so nuanced and like like, it's, it's, ineff- like, that's why he can be so goddamn good. And then, like, I see something like this, and then, honestly, I, I'd say the same thing if I went back and watched the original Rocky, and I was like, I forgot how goddamn, like, how seamless he can be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How completely unpretentious, how, like, not, not a shred of falseness registers anywhere on his character it's it's amazing like and maybe yeah maybe he can only do that with rocky balboa i haven't really seen him with that like as much skill or who cares guard who great then that is the character he was born to play god i'm like hurting my throat praising him to high heavens like (laughs) shit i no i i loved it i cannot I I'm hard-pressed to find a more genuine actor than Sylvester Stallone when he's playing Rocky in a movie like this or in yeah. a movie like, you know, the original. Yeah, something something he really puts his heart in. Oh, Goddamn. It, it, it
0: shows. It definitely it shows. Really does. He may not be in, an Academy an Academy award-winning actor yet, know, but that, he might yeah.
1: be. He might be. Um like and correct me if I'm wrong, other than like, you know, the, the stuff they play in the trailer with like, you know, look in the mirror. That's your Worst enemy you're ever going to face. You know, that, that kind of stuff. I, I
0: believe that's true in the ring, and I believe that's, believe that's true, true in life. life. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Which, like, no, okay. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, actually, Rocky, no, he'll be facing the the gentleman from Liverpool in the ring. Like, that's actually the, the guy he's fighting.
0: Yeah, he's a lot uglier than Michael B. Jordan, actually.
1: Yeah, he is. Um, like... <laughs> if he was fighting himself, he just, like, you know, just fucking drop the gloves and just make out in the middle of the ring with himself. <laughs> He's a a beautiful man. And what am I correcting you on here? (laughs) Um I lost my train of thought. Um Oh, uh but I don't really remember any like Beaches, really in this movie or, or like big moments i guess like mo- like there's no like
0: dramatic no, his big
1: like, moments were were understated they were quiet like i, I was like because like he, the big things happen to him sure but there's never a scene he's like adrian had cancer i don't want to go through the same thing you can't like he doesn't he doesn't do that. He doesn't go for that kind of like you know clip to play at the Academy. Like, I thing I, I don't necessarily know the clip they would use at the Academy Awards. Like, I would personally, I would to highlight his performance. I would use that clip from the doctor's office, where kind of the oh, yeah, of that was that scene, great. Where kind of the key to that scene is ironically how little he's saying and how little he's emoting. Um, like, yeah. I, I don't. But that's the kind of thing that doesn't grab attention as much. I, I don't know though. The only I, thing
0: I, that's it's... close is like right at the end when he's bringing back what what adonis said to him you know mm. like I'll, I'll fight if you fight you know right um, right, yeah, right. W- which which was a great which was a cliche moment i think No, but it a, was it, good no no no. Like, it, listen listen it was a cliche moment in the in that when it was originally stated by michael b jordan you know I, I kind of got that the plot was going there but then to actually pull it back um <laughs> to call back to it in the in the climactic scene where now it's actually switched, turned on his head yet again.
2: Yeah.
0: um was was brilliant and made the whole thing better for it because now now he has to take his own advice and fight for Rocky who's
1: fighting for both of them. Yeah. I, I will say this much if if a movie like if Creed is riddled with clichés and it kind of is yeah, sure. It reminds you why the cliche caught on in the first place. It approaches it with enough, like, w- with enough humility and, g- like, genuine goodwill and... But honestly, with just enough, uh, you know, transformation that yeah. you re- you're you reminded why the cliches are effective in the first place. And fuck you, Jurassic World. Fuck you, Jurassic World. We will... I... Oof, I will bring you up every episode it takes Until you lose all of the money That you earned <laughs> no, Holy shit My, my money's gone <laughs> no. two, t- two, 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 two jerk offs From Washington just bitched at us Through a podcast so many times That our money disappeared That's amazing <laughs> That'd be a claim and to fame if I ever heard one And who says critics don't matter Yeah
0: I mean, besides Alejandro González. Yeah, it was like besides Birdman. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you, but but he doesn't matter because he doesn't even have a Twitter or a Facebook page. Ooh. Face it, Dad. <laughs> Stupid
0: fucking. All right. I wonder what clip they're gonna play at her award. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, very. It's. I wonder if for Edward Norton they would have played uh i want to i pull want out your eyes pull out your eyes and stick them in my skull so I can look around and see the world the way it was when I was your age. and then the entire audience vomits. <laughs> <laughs> I actually would have really loved it if they had just they were on top of the building, they could have just had um Emma stone uh you know uh bend over the side of the building and just start vomiting off
0: the side. No, they should have. They should have played that line for the the best original screenplay clip.
1: Oh my god! I I, I forgot that fucking one.
0: Yeah, you realize that one? Like
1: one? It like, was, was nominated. It wasn't
0: nominated. Let alone
1: one. Like oh. Yeah. Whereas, oh. like,
0: hey, I, I'm the Grand Budapest Hotel. Fuck me, right? Oh,
1: I mean, Grand Budapest Hotel with great lines. Like, there was still some. Uh, glimmers of humanity in this barbaric, or, what was it? This barbaric slaughterhouse. This barbaric slaughterhouse. We call humanity. Even
0: indeed, and... that's what we provide in our own small, simple. Oh no, fuck, fuck it.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, oh, no, that that's a masterpiece screenplay. Like that, that that's that's a piece of literature. I have read it twice. I love it. It's. Oh, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, well, that was, we've that made... was a digression, um, a bit. I mean, whatever. It's not like we're not known for that. Hmm.
0: Oh, it, but Creed. Side note: Creed did inspire me to check out Ryan Coogler's other film, Fruitvale Station. It's on Netflix. It will rip tears out of your sockets
2: mm-hmm.
0: more so than than, than uh, you... Edward Norton
1: can can even say you can do. So, uh, <laughs> it'll rip Ryan Coog. Wait, no, it'll rip. <laughs> the main character's eyes out of his sockets and put them in your head so you can look around and see the world the way he does. Yes. When he's a black man. Oh. <laughs> well, so it pretty... wouldn't work when I was your age. Like, that wouldn't work. <laughs> great, anyway, great movie. Right.
0: Check it out. Um, we have to gotcha. move on to a different, different movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's Brooklyn, which we didn't we didn't really talk about, um I think she just won an
1: award, didn't she, for Brooklyn? Shosri Ronan. Yeah, I believe she won Best Actress at was it New York or
0: uh, I think it go- was New York. New York Film
1: Critics Association. So right. Circle. Cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, Chosry Ronan, who plays a... Is that how you say her name? Shosri? I say it Shosri. I may be mispronouncing it, but that's how I've heard it pronounced before. I'm just gonna call her Ailish. Which you also mispronounced before as Irish. <laughs> don't don't do any That's right. Everything will be okay. Everything gonna be okay. That would have oh my god. Oh my god. The what if her ship got pirated? Imagine I was gonna <laughs> god. I
0: was thinking of a different movie reference where she got in it and it's like she gets to she gets on the boat and it's like all aboard the RMS Titanic.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> brooklyn's about an irish girl who goes to america
0: (laughs) there you go yeah well yeah it's it's i mean more more complex it's about an irish girl who doesn't feel like she has any anything to anything to really go for in her her home life goes to brooklyn like most people did for in hopes of better prospects and it turns into um a pretty through and through romance with also good family drama um yeah, and, and this is a lot like Room, narratively, in that about 50% of the way through the movie, it completely... Well, I mean, a a new plot development completely shifts the direction of the movie, and so I feel like we might go in two halves again, but uh am no. not sure.
1: No, no. Do not compare this to Room. Do not, Do not compare the narrative shift, which I wouldn't even really call it a narrative shift because it has quite a bit to do. First of all, it's not, it's not structured like a climax. It's no, you're, you're right. You're right. It's a, it, 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 no, it flows. I, I only mean to say well.
0: that there is, there is a, a detail that is, is a big moment in the movie that takes place about 50% of the way through the movie. So it's hard to review around it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. It, well, okay. Okay. Let's just say a, a, a we see a pretty uh, archetypal love triangle play out. Well, I, th- I think w-
0: the one thing we could say is that uh, about halfway through the movie, something
1: forces her to go back to Ireland. Yes, she goes back to Ireland and faces the prospects of whether she wants to, of, of how she wants to live the rest of her life, basically where she feels home is and where she belongs.
0: Yeah. No, and we'll go into that. I d- is I that fair? There's a pretty, con- yeah, there's a pretty contentious moment. I want to talk about in more depth. So All that right. might be a more spoilery, spoilery part right. of the movie, uh, part of the review. So, um, but it, we, we don't have to jump right into it. Um, I mm-hmm. think okay, we, yeah, explain the plot pretty well. Um, Shit, did I just forget how to review movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
1: Oh, my God. Maybe. Um, I guess you just say what you thought of it. Um, uh, so, uh... okay, I guess I'll go first. Okay. I, you know, I just saw this movie fucking a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me an hour and a half from work to get there. I missed, actually, the first ten minute, like five minutes of the movie. So oh, I've no. not seen five minutes of this movie. Where, where did you come in at? Um, they were walking to the Irish dance. Not not the not the one in America. The one in Ireland. Like before she leaves for America. Okay. Like, it's it's very beginning in the, of the movie. Yeah, and I was totally, going to say I
0: don't I don't even remember much before. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it wasn't a significant part. And then I think the next scene after that, they were packing her trunk.
0: Yeah. Well, you. I think you missed the her at the store at first. Yeah, I did. Yeah, she has a interaction with her her boss, who is a detestable woman. Um, and you know, she tells her, "I'm going to America," and then she gives some bitchy comment about it. Her boss, that is. And then she goes home and talks about it with her with her family, who are surprisingly very supportive. It's, it seems it, it it seemed like how it was going to be set up was that no one was going to be on her side about going to America. Um, and everyone would think it was a bad idea, but when she go when she goes home after that, they're all like her sister, who, whom the storekeeper, her boss, expressed concern for, um, was the most supportive. She was like, "You're gonna have so much fun. It's gonna be really great for you, and, and we're really excited." And I was
1: like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's refreshing." Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um. She doesn't have to be like, "I'm going to America. Fuck you guys." All yeah. Right, I yeah. Um. So. Um I I did miss that part unfortunately. So I like I seriously I haven't done this since fucking Interstellar. Um so I will actually no. need to watch that first ten minutes of the movie. Um but uh I don't know. I kind of like I'm kinda of tempted to use the word gem because it's a movie that doesn't necessarily like shoot to be the most, like, all-encompassing account of the immigrant experience. I think it's a very, like, kind of small slice of, you know, trying to connect, like, make a, basically make a family for yourself in an environment that you are, like, kind of just clutching onto some kind of identity um and i think it's like a small slice of a huge like immigrant story that yeah, i, think, ha- I just, think this is I, much higher concept than i i don't think it's high concept i think it's just i think it's selective in what it chooses to sh- like to, to, what it chooses to depict it's a very focused movie and i kind of think it's brilliant for that not like maybe brilliance a bit too strong but i, I like really it, 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 like i i entered this movie in a fucking pissed off mood because it took me an hour and a half to get there and there was no goddamn parking in the whole fucking ball and i i sat down and the movie glided along and i just like felt elated by the end of it like it, it it legitimately like it had the effect on me that i imagine like romantic comedies have on a lot of other people um no
0: like the- i just like i just like
1: it made me fucking like it was like i was like I, it just made me feel like it it just just makes you feel like you're in love Uh, (laughs) no brooklyn's uh, brooklyn's romance but it's 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 like it's just like a like it's so
0: brooklyn's romantic structure is so powerful and not just romantic structure the beats it goes through and and the characters it does so like i didn't even realize that i was in a romance movie for like halfway through and i mean just a well, it just felt thing. like it was, like, very pure romance in some parts, and I was like, holy crap, I'm, this is this movie
1: no, but is f- largely romantic, and it's awesome because of that. Yeah, but oh, I fell for the romance, but the thing is, like, I, I like the fact that it doesn't necessarily feel the need to, to prescribe itself to, uh, or I guess, sorry, that's the wrong word, to to, like conform to what are genre expectations. It doesn't have to code itself as a, explicitly a romance movie from the beginning. Cause it's not, I mean, it's not just a romance movie. It's also about, you know, a woman creating a new life for herself. It's not just about, you know, her, her love interests. Although that does end up taking mo- you know, most of the precedence of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, like one thing I, I also respect is just how, Refreshing it was to see this kind of thing pulled off in a way that doesn't like. There's no point where there's a misunderstanding between two characters and they like <laughs> they, they hate each other and they have to go mope for ten minutes before they realize that they need to go have a climactic scene in an airport. There's no like, <laughs> or I guess in this no. case, shipping talk. Um, there's no even
0: even when there is a kind of like love triangle that we alluded to. Nothing nothing happens to make it so someone that feels betrayed
1: well, and has a, to either get over it or move no. on. Well, no, it's a very natural progression of, like, a conflicted identity. Like, who do you really see yourself being for the rest of your life? What kind of life do you want for yourself? And
0: especially, too, like, the the her conflict is so brilliant, and I don't think brilliant in this case, is is uh, hy- hyperbolic at all because she leaves Ireland because she thinks there's nothing there and then while she's in America she often says like I wish I was a- an Irish girl in Ireland you know I wish that she mm. she wishes there was something for her at home come to find out when she gets home there's actually plenty for her there's um, a good job a great hus- potential
1: husband um, mm. and people yeah, that's the thing. It's, she- it's not just it's not just the idea of a new man that, that she's drawn to Ireland for it's Yeah, yeah, no, that, it's, it's the fact it's, that there seems to be a place for her and that people want her there as opposed to new york which is kind of an unforgiving environment where she she has to prove herself she's not there's not a spot for her there already she has to carve one out
0: well yeah and she does carve one out and she ends up being happy there but she she goes back and realizing like oh i could have actually had this in mm-hmm. ireland which is kind of where i would like to be because that's who i am mm-hmm. or so th- that's that's a conflict she has to sort of get over through i mean well Traverse, I should say, throughout the movie, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I won't really say you know which which way she goes on it, obviously, because it's no. it's great to it's great to watch her go through. I will say, and th- this is sort of the moment I was struggling with because there there's a moment in the and I'm, I'm not going to say what happens. To you. I hope you know what I'm know to what I'm referring. There's a moment. Yeah, no, there's there's a moment late in the film where I, it seemed like. She, it seemed like her decision was kind of, was either made for her or oh, made yes. very easy. Oh, and I was yes. and I sort of saw that coming and I was like don't make this decision easy for her. Like and it, and then it wasn't what I expected but it still seemed like it sort of just let her off the hook and I would have I rather have her struggle with it more and I... have to make a decision that she didn't know
1: was the right one. I will say this much. I do think that she does ultimately like grapple with a, like she does ultimately like, you know, weigh and make a decision. But mm-hmm. I think a, the way that she is, the, the way that her interactions go when she's back in Ireland are very convenient. Like everything just kind of falls into her lap. It's very her. true. Yeah. You're, it's, you're right it, about it, that. It's yeah. it just completely like it. Like, you could see the typist behind the keyboard, like, writing out everything, just kind of incentivizes her to to maybe stay in Ireland. And also, um, the part that actually, see, that part didn't bother me as much, because the developments were, like, semi-believable. Like, you could imagine that, you know, her having gotten this training in America and having these extra set of skills that she, you know... That she acquired while in this sort of more bustling metropolis would be useful to her small, you know, smaller community in Ireland. I could I, I could see that it was very convenient, but I could, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't like the fact that I, I really don't want to spoil too much here, but I feel like her yeah. ultimate decision came as the result of her reaction to an affront.
0: Well, no, that, and that's what that's what a well, that's oh, the, that, that, the that's front
1: sim- is what I'm referring to. That's yeah. what you're referring to. Okay, it,
0: it sort of, it seems like it sort of made her decision either easier, just completely made it for to her. To me, it made it a little bit of an ingenuine decision. Like it, it made it. Yeah, I, I still felt like it was sort of unresolved. It, it came it... off. It came off more as a, Well,
1: fuck you, than like kind of reactionary. Really, yeah, but then I really love this man more than you know. I and I love the idea of my life with him more than I. The other, yeah, this. <laughs> Yeah, I, option A I, or option B I will actually agree with you on that um, yeah and I don't
0: know I still, I don't think even if I I am on the I'm still struggling with it even if I am on the part the side that I don't really like that development I, I can't say
1: it holds a lot of weight
0: in, uh, in the grand
1: scheme of the movie no I was surprised where this movie decided to end because I will say it ends very much with a decision and not with the ramifications of that decision it's true, yeah, yeah. It's true. Which is kind of it's kind of interesting. I I, I liked it, really, because I'm just like, well, it really, I mean, that's kind of what the crux of this movie was is you know what what life do you want to live, um, and when she reaches that conclusion, that's kind of where it ends. At uh, the same, it it kind of left me like simultaneously happy that I got to kind of interpret for myself how the rest played out, and just a teensy bit like I I, I want to see it. <laughs> Like I want to, you know, but I ultimately actually think it was a very, I, I'm in favor of that decision. It was an abrupt ending, but I think it was, I think it was appropriate. You know, I, I I think that the the filmmakers exercised a very, um, I think, I think it was a light hand on their part. I think they wanted, you know, they, they didn't want to give you a whole happy life in a, in a bow. I was actually kind of really afraid of that. Honestly, I was afraid they should happily ever after. Um, (laughs)
0: And they follow it up and like 10 years later she's got a
1: couple of kids and it's doing great. And, no, and uh, uh, she sends one in and, and like it's it's her oldest first you know first year at Hogwarts and she's walking into the, the Hogwarts.
0: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and okay. her
1: scar never hurt her.
0: Which just reminds me I also saw um, uh, God why didn't I Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 and they have the whole like Weird epilogue thing. I heard that. Yeah, my yeah, father. no, and la- last time it's the Harry Potter we- thing. Yeah, no, when she was talking to her, when she was talking to her baby in the epilogue, I just was thinking she was <laughs> Albus Severus Everdeen. Was- <laughs> you were this? Uh, no, no, like no.
1: And her scar never hurt again. <laughs> Always well.
0: It's like fuck these epilogues, okay?
1: Uh, no, there is. Like, oh, dude, the Harry Potter one got to me.
0: It's true. I don't know. There is something to be said, though, with leaving something both resolved and unresolved, mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
1: and especially in these very true to life uh, tr- explorations. Yeah, I mean, the movie felt so organic to me that I like. I don't know. I, I felt like giving us a uh, giving us a conclusion or epilogue or something like that would have just been dishonest. Like I don't know. No. I I, mean, I think it had presented a a you know. And organic enough world where like you knew that no, no e- even even a decision that y- you know y- you were convinced is the right one and may in fact be the right one is never easy um and never goes ex- and like you know maybe you could argue well then yeah i'd love to see more movie on that but i don't know i, I thought it was a i thought it was a smart decision to kind of keep this movie very focused um it, it breezed along. Was it like? Two, was it a full two hours? Because it felt like I like this movie like went really fast for me.
0: Uh, may, uh oh,
1: it's just it's under there. wow. Oh one hundred eleven.
0: Yeah. No, it it felt like a, almost ninety, probably ninety minutes. Really, I mean, I, I didn't.
1: Yeah, no, it was one of the fastest movies of the year. I don't know. It's huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. This this movie went down like great for me. If if Diary of an American Girl is wait, which one was no wait, which one was I saying was like hard. I'm, I'm forgetting what I'm applying my metaphors to.
0: <laughs> I can't save you on this one, man. <laughs> Shit. It's um. A- I'll, I'll, I will. I will move on. I one of the this this movie contains what is probably my favorite just side character of the year. Um. And thus far, I mean, again, this is Ooh. this is in the moment, so it might be uh, hyperbolic. But um. What? I wonder if it's the same one as me. Yeah. So um. Uh, Ailish when she she has, gets a setup where she gets to move to America and has a job, and she stays in this, like, boarding house. And, like, the the mother, quote-unquote, of this boarding house is fucking fantastic. I don't know if that's is the same she, one you were thinking of. This is of, Q. But...
1: Oh, yeah, the exact
0: same one I was thinking of, yes. Thank you, yeah. No, she is so sick. great. And, honestly, her character goes so so long with, with the... With, the themes of this movie is dealing with is she's so non-judgmental or at very least understanding of everything you expect this. She's, yeah, she's pragmatic. pragmatic. Yeah. You expect, you expect this movie as so many times to go uh, with these, with these typical dramatic beats and, you know, of like betrayal and I don't know,
1: not accepted I, I was waiting i was waiting for like some awful reveal of the guy she was interested in like that one of them was just like a rapist or something and
2: yeah. <laughs> there's like, right,
1: right what's wrong with them and i was kind of like it, it was just weird that i had to like have that revelation like oh wait they're actually just both really nice guys
0: no and there's just two characters these two kind of like cutrid women they're not they're not that bad in, in the grand oh. scheme of things But so no. they're also in the boarding house um that you ex- that in, in a lesser movie would totally just serve to be the antagonist constantly poking her and pushing her prodding her prodding alish um and they they're really not and every time they even start to be like miss q like shuts them down and it's it's so oh god it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. it is played really convincingly too i just i There's love this a, woman G- julie walters by the way played that role she yeah. also, also from the harry potter movies actually she played the weasley mom in the harry potter movies oh that was her really yeah i know right very very very, very uh chameleon- chameleonic yeah yeah no no she was phenomenal um god i actually was a little underwhelmed by the performance of um shit the guy who played uh Tony, her okay, her husband. He, he was very, he was very good old, good old boy. The um, thing is, the thing is, he was dumb and like his performance was like not like realistic. It was kind of like
0: well, and kind of everything that everything that happens with him to give you more of his character is kind of disingenuine. Kind there, of, there's a moment where
1: he's he writing
0: to her back to uh, back in Ireland, and she, he she doesn't know how to how to write very well so he asked his brother to like write it in good grammar and things like that and it's and it's kind of it's sweet
1: but it's also artifice it's it's it it kind of it worked for me after a while because it kind of like just was like oh this is just like a guy who's just really stupid and not good with words who's like completely head over heels in love and is like this prepared this whole love speech that he's completely botching right now yeah like that's his whole performance and once i like kind of was in that mindset i'm like okay i can actually kind of get behind this and by the end, like, I mean, like, I, like, think they're great. But, like, I think we have amazing chemistry together. But I, yeah, it kind of took me a while. And I'm still, like, not completely sold on the performance. I'm not really sure that guy's a very good actor. But it kind of worked for what it was going for, which was, yeah, a bit, I wouldn't say disingenuous, because, like, he really clearly cares about her. But, like, just inarticulate and unable to express himself. <laughs>
0: No, in in his uh, in his care for her and in his feelings toward her, I don't think it's disingenuous at all. Just in his character, like details, are sort of like force fed to me.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I thought I thought I was gonna be. I thought we were about to fight because I thought you were gonna um, uh, say that you didn't you didn't care much for the acting ability of the main character. <laughs> uh, I guess their name. No, Chevy Ronan, She, I. Kind of wanted to. I, I wanted to get an award nomination for this. Uh, no. Yeah, no, and she did. She won. There was a Gotham, I think, no, like, I or it was New York yeah, Critics I mean Academy, but, yeah. man. I mean, Academy.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the sounds of it, she'll probably she might lose to like you know, Kate Blanchard again, or uh, I don't know, someone from Carol maybe. But um... I, I don't know. I I like. She's I I'm like just happy that she's getting really. Cause she was actually one of the youngest nominees ever, I think. For uh, she was nominated for Atonement, I think. For
0: Atonement, yeah, yeah. And and I just saw her recently in Grand Budapest Hotel, which yeah. she, she had an understated
1: but still very oh phenomenal very role. good role. Yeah, yeah. I I'm just continually amazed with how much humanity she can bring a role. <laughs> <laughs> she's so oh god it, and. It, it, she runs the gamut in this because she like, you know, fluctuates between being actually a pretty outgoing person, occasionally, you know, flirtatious or like, you know, speaking her mind, being playful to also being like a complete outsider and feeling like absolutely, you know, that there's no one for her to connect with and, you know, completely withdrawn into herself and she can run that gamut seamlessly. It's, it's great. Um, I'm just happy to see her getting roles that I really think test her acting abilities like that as opposed like, cause for a while she was kind of doing like the lovely bones was her first like real star role. And that movie mm-hmm. completely wasted her. Um, I'm happy, like, you know, I, I'm i happy that now she's kind of working more to, you know, uh, like these are the great performances. I actually think that she will be known for, like, I, I think she'll continue to make, you know, to have great roles. I, I think she'll have a prolific career ahead of her. Um, I'm happy. Yeah, I, I think this will. I, I think this movie makes full use of her acting ability. She's, she's, much like. <laughs> I just I only bring this up because I said genuine about both of them. Much like Sylvester Stallone, she is very genuine. <laughs> that's the Fair only, enough. That's the only comparison you can make between the two. You're comparing this to Sylvester oh, shut Stallone. the fuck up. I <laughs> I only brought it up because I used the word genuine for both of them, and like that's the thing. They're just not like. It's, their are performances that don't feel like lies, alright? They've just, they're honest. Fair enough, yep. They're, and I've, also, I have no, no also, that. don't need right. one. And also, um, uh, Domino Gleeson, am I pronouncing that correctly?
0: Dom, Domino Gleeson, yeah. Domino Gleeson,
1: uh, who plays, uh, who was it, fuck, what's his name? Jim Farrell. Jim, thank you. Jim, her uh, love interest back in Ireland. um. hmm who Donald Gleason? Man, he's he's kind of everywhere now, isn't he? No, he is. He was in Frank. Um, he, he was, in, was in
0: Ex Machina.
1: He will be in yeah. Star Wars.
0: Oh he, yes, he will. He will. He have a pretty. I guess he's gonna be in the Revenant too. Really? Yes. Oh wow, I see that he has a role in the Revenant. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, all right. Uh, no, he's he's all over the place. Um,
1: uh, How do you feel about him?
0: Oh wait, wait—he was also in Harry Potter, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was the Weasley. He was one of the older, uh, older, older Weasleys. (laughs) I'm, I'm impressed with how much range he's shown in the few roles I've seen him in. Um, Yeah, which, which I think is well four, I guess, if you include the Harry Potter uh, movies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I saw him in Frank Ex Machina, Brooklyn, and and Harry Potter. Um, and all, all those roles are very distinct to me. Uh, he seems like, on, on the face, an actor who would just be, you know, good at doing what he... being who he is, basically. But, yeah. uh, no, he can he can mix it up a lot.
1: Um, so, it's exciting to see him in more stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, because, like, every time I ask someone who saw Ex Machina, like, you know, how would you... I mean, there's basically three performances in Ex Machina. So, like, how would you mm-hmm. rate the performances? And it's always... Alicia Vikander and Oscar Isaac are like generally like interchangeably one or two and everyone always put Donald Gleeson last um which in that movie probably is um probably but it's uh, it, to put him as last it it just takes a lot away from it I think I'm, I feel like both that and Brooklyn he kind of plays a very straight you know he's kind of a straight like the straight character in both of these movies, there's, there's like nothing even wrong with him in this movie. It's, it's very like, it's very on, you know, on, you know, what you see is what you get on the surface, you know, type mm-hmm. characterization. There's nothing really darker, menacing beneath the surface. The thing about her, like uh, the guy who plays Tony, or you know, the the guy in Brooklyn, is that I was constantly wondering, like if what's the other if, shoe going to drop? Yeah, yeah. I was like, when like, where's the hidden darkness in this character? And I'm <laughs> for a second question that about Donald Gleeson. I'm just like, Oh, this guy's just a good old, you know, Irish boy who represents, you know, her traditional, you know, the, the, the you know, her, her life back where she grew up and like nothing really dark or complicated about him. So yeah, I don't know. I'm like, uh, I feel like I, I, should love Donald Gleeson and he's, like really good. I'm just kind of waiting for that time when like he really really surprises me. <laughs> for the time oh. he's like you know very good at playing good old reliable straight men. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean maybe maybe we'll mix it up. I just I I think as I said his the three roles I've seen in him three main roles I think are all very distinctive. There I would never mistake the two char- the the three different characters. Uh, yeah. For one another. So and, and and that is saying something, especially for an actor who's largely plays supporting roles and uh, is sort of under the radar. You know, they're very susceptible to just being the same person in a different place. And Mm -hmm. um, he hasn't been, he's given it a good,
1: good shot. So Mm -hmm. also, this is one of the, uh, the the screenplay for Brooklyn is one that I think um, actually should be given proper awards consideration. Um. In the adapted category, right? In the adapted category, uh, it was written actually by Nick Hornsby. Oh, I just want to name drop because he is actually responsible for a great many of my favorite movies of the recent (laughs) memory. Um, (laughs) He he wrote about a boy. Um, He wrote the original novel for High Fidelity, which is my favorite John Cusack movie, by the way. If any, like God. You want a traditional like uh, a, a traditional romantic movie pulled off brilliantly. High fidelity. Um he wrote an education with Peter Sarsgaard and Oh yeah, yeah uh, yeah. uh, uh Carrie Mulligan. And he mm-hmm. wrote Wild last year. So he's got a pretty prolific uh career both as a novelist and a screenplay writer it's kind of interesting he's moved more into uh, period pieces um lately more into adapting works as opposed to writing original novels and also uh, more into focusing on uh you know uh, female driven narratives and he actually said that uh what he likes about writing women and this is really sad but true is that uh, like if you write because you know he's like if you write a woman with like you know a lot of depth and really great character you know like you know strong characterization you can get the best actresses in the world so much easier because they have so many fewer options for you know really you know more deep characters
0: that's, that's true, it's, yeah. it's play more
1: fully realized characters and that's like you know really sad but like how well that works because yeah i because he pretty much i mean yeah he, he's kind of his films of been a great showcase for female acting talent um recently particularly so yeah um i just wanted to name drop him because i I actually think the screenplay is pretty phenomenal and and definitely worth awards consideration um
0: no it is I, i previously described it in this very very review as as brilliant so and i'm not backing down good
1: um and, yeah, I don't have too much to say about the director. I haven't seen any of his previous work, I have, I've except... I don't even detective. know who directed this, to be honest. His name's John Crowley. Um, I've heard of Boy A. It's the only... He made a film with starring Andrew Garfield in 2007 called Boy A. Um, I don't really know too much about it. I know it's gotten some, you know, you know positive reviews, and that's about it. I don't really know that much about him. He directed two episodes of True Detective Season 2, um, but I won't hold Ooh. that against him because Brooklyn was a really good movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's a great. I mean, I it would almost. It's like a first-time directorial effort. No, he just hasn't really done much else. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but hey, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Is there? Did we forget to talk about about Sylvester Stallone? Uh, yeah. So he actually has a
1: really great role in this as um. As Rocky Balboa. Uh, no, or... he's got a no. He's got a great role as um. Tony's little brother, who,
0: because <laughs> uh, he's Italian. Okay. Yeah,
1: no, I'm a fucking horrible person. Um, Tony's
0: little brother, Rocky Balboa Fiorello. Oh my god.
1: Ugh. <laughs> uh, um. Uh but yeah, just to wrap this up. I, I, I kind of fucking loved Brooklyn. No, I,
0: I really loved it. I, I had one reservation of it that I'm still struggling with, and in any other movie that would be a major point of contention for me. But this sort of makes it irrelevant. Um, but that that was my only real problem with it, and I maybe maybe irrelevant was hyperbolic, but it's it certainly it doesn't weigh as heavily as I think it would in a in a lesser film mm-hmm. um, because there's so much else to really like here, particularly characterization and how they dealt how they. Portrayed the the very conflict of um, in and of itself. So
1: yeah,
0: regardless of the resolution of said conflict.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Next week, our tentative plan is to review *Crompus*, um, a horror movie by <laughs> by Michael Doherty, and we will also well, a horror comedy. It looks like I don't know. Um, and we're also going to be looking at the film that he did beforehand, his only other directing, um, credit I think, called *Trick or Treat* which is currently on HBO Go, so we're both going to watch it. I've already watched it, actually. Um, And review that sort of alongside, because that has a huge cult following in the horror film, and we think it can definitely influence conversation on Krampus. So that's our our plan. It's going to be pretty um, low-key, because Krampus is the only wide-release
1: movie that's come out this week. So, yeah, you hear that, guys? We're finally doing our first auteurist episode on a director who I don't think anyone would describe as an auteur. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> depends on the crowd you talk to. I <laughs> but, guess yeah. so. All right, maybe I'll be maybe I'll be convinced. This guy also wrote Superman Returns and X Men Two. So that's yep. kind of that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, they can't all be winners. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, man, I don't know what to say besides it was a great show this week. It's going to be a great show next week. And as always, thank you for listening.